Great. I'm going to keep drinking this stupidly hot tea. <laughs> well, not like you. <laughs> mm. Burn my tongue. Why'd you make your tea so hot? Uh, because it's hot tea? This is my whole thing with hot drinks, though, is like, you can't drink them. I mean, I'm doing okay. You're not, though. I'm not? You're, well, you're drinking it and you're going, ah! That's not at all what I'm doing. <laughs> ah! My thing with, you've heard this before, but my thing with hot drinks uh-huh. is like, great, I'll enjoy that in 45 minutes <laughs> when it's cool enough to actually drink. That's not really how I plan my mornings, so iced tea for me, man. Unsweetened iced tea. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Great. A little bit I'm workshopping. I'll see you at the Pasadena Ice House this weekend for, uh, be sure to... My iced tea bit. Yeah. Great. All right, Great. one more sip. Oh, so See? I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm great. 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 Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> no. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? I'm good, yeah. I love that. I'm uh, tired. There's a shock. Uh, I'm... Uh, no, I feel, I'm, I'm just checking in with my body. I'm checking in with my psyche right now. Feeling yeah. good. Good? Feeling good? It's good? Yeah, everything's that. fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Great. I love that. The least believable everything's fine. Yeah. As I've said before, we're going to get like a wellness check. Being like, hey, heard the podcast. I, you guys, you guys okay? Yeah. No, it's fine. No one cares about us. Um, hey, hey, you know what? Reach out if you care about us, okay? <laughs> Write in, leave a review on iTunes. JK, JK, don't do that. That'd be humiliating. Um, okay. Um, do we have any topics at the top? Well... Uh, I wrote this down, but then I realized this is going to air after Halloween, so never mind. <laughs> oh, that's true. I was like, oh, we should talk about the best Halloween movies for kids. Because Halloween is coming up in a few days as of this recording. Right. But, but this, as of this listening that you're doing currently, listener, uh, first the, of all. It's the Thursday after Halloween. It's the Thursday after Halloween. It's true. It doesn't mean you can't still watch Halloween movies, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And for next year, they'll have... For next year, okay, put a little reminder in your calendar for October 1st of next year. Mm -hmm. Say, go back and listen to episode 59, re-listen to episode 59 of DVD Deathmatch. Because (laughs) this will be... Hot tips. Hot tips on the best Halloween movies to watch with your kids. Okay, now that that's out of the way, (laughs) now we've got that very simple thing out of the way. (laughs) Very intuitive... Streamlined. Um, what do you think are some of the best Halloween movies to watch with kids? Well, I mean, number one, top pick has got to be Nightmare Before Christmas. That's the one our kids love the most. Our kids love it. It is, you've got two holidays you can watch. 
Nightmare Before Christmas. You don't have to stop watching that after Halloween. Yeah. You can still watch it this year. Um, and we will. Yeah, and Plus, it's also, like, good. It's really good. Songs are good. Yeah. It's, like, 20 minutes long. We yeah, love that. It's <laughs> no intermission. Um, um, yeah, it's really, it's good. You know what I'm excited to watch? What? And I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, and I apologize if I have, mm. but it's autumn time. It's not really necessarily a Halloween thing. Autumn time is here. Autumn time. And the pumpkins are spicy. Oh, man. They Oh, come on. Fucking <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> okay. I wasn't, I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to like one up you. I was trying to like, yes, and, and we were doing something collaboratively there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm excited <laughs> to watch Over the Garden Wall again. Yeah. I, that's become a real annual tradition yeah. around here. I love Over the Garden Wall. Um, and it's the most autumnal. Thing possible. It's very autumnal. And if you don't know, um, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, not, now you know. Okay. Uh, no, if you don't know, um, Over the Garden Wall was a Cartoon Network show. It's like, I want to say 10 episodes and they're like 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe like 11 minutes long or something like that. Um, <laughs> that was important clarification. <laughs> Had to get that out. Um and it's about two brothers, like, lost in a fantastical wood. Mm. And the many... On Halloween night. On Halloween night, that's right. And the many um, adventures they have and scary stuff that happens to them. But also... Yeah, it's, it's, it feels a little uh, studio... Studio... Oh, my God. Studio. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? Yep. <laughs> it feels like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Feels like 30 Rock? Yeah. No, Studio... Oh, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, my God. You're looking at me for help, and I don't Howl's know. Moving Castle. Kiki's Delivery Studio Service. Studio Ghibli. Oh, thank you. Jeez, <laughs> my brain. Oh, wow. Mm, okay. It feels very Studio Ghibli yeah, to me. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And that might be a reason I love it. Yeah. Um, but that's a very autumnal show. It's very funny. has cool songs. Mm. Like, oh, it'll potatoes start as- <laughs> and molasses. Yes. <laughs> so there's Elijah Wood, Melanie Linsky, Tim Curry's in an episode. Melanie Linsky. What a treasure. What a treasure. Hey, we love Melanie Linsky. If you're listening. We love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That got weird. Um, <laughs> Over the Garden Wall, I'm excited to watch Hocus Pocus We Tried. I mean, kids. Hocus Pocus is a classic. We got to try it again. I feel like they, I feel like here. So yeah, the kid, it's like, like. Ella's probably perfect at this point. Sydney's probably still too young. Okay. So Ella's like almost a preteen. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> um, so I say if you if you have a kid that age, obviously Hocus Pocus is a is a real yeah real uh, geriatric millennial classic. Yeah. Or as they call it in Philadelphia, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I was teetering on the edge you were. there. I was like, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yikes. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, with Bette Midler. Ma- Bette Midler. And Sarah, and Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, we love her. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
This is terrible. Um, we gotta stop. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, should we just should we just do this? Yeah, we definitely should because we've wasted everyone's time so, so far. So much time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, y'all, mm-hmm. you, you're just you're never gonna guess what we did this week. We took a hot air balloon to Mount Rushmore, where we found that George Washington's nose is stuffed with diamonds. And then we made that the plot of National Treasure 3. Is that it? Yes, and. Um, we watched two movies. Oh, I thought it was the other thing we did this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Today we're talking about Hard Candy from 2005 and Enchanted from 2007. Let's kick it off with Hard Candy, as I said, from 2005, directed by David Slade. Our IMDb summary is... Haley's a smart, charming teenage girl. Jeff's a handsome, smooth fashion photographer. An internet chat, a coffee shop meetup, an impromptu fashion shoot back at Jeff's place. Jeff thinks it's his lucky night. He's in for a surprise. Wow. That gives away too much, I feel like. It does, but an IMDb summary written with a little panache... You know? Sure, 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 sure. Come Has on. a little jazz We love to see to it. it. <laughs> Haven't, uh, they're usually not written with that much flair. They're just a real, you know, a voice kind yeah. of a. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, but I, but I do feel like that almost gives away too much. And I would say, uh, no one ever listens to me when I say this, I'm sure. But if you haven't seen Hard Candy, spoiler alert, I really like it. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. I think you should watch it, and I think you should watch it before you listen to us spoil it, which we are about to do. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I think you should watch it before. So pause, go watch Hard Candy, then come back to us. Great. So you've set your reminder to listen to the topic at the top, <laughs> and you've also paused and gone to watch Hard Candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm. Great. Okay, so you've got Elliot Page yeah. as Haley. You've got our buddy, Patrick Wilson, as... Uh, Jeff, I already yeah. forgot his name. Great. Um, and we say uh, our buddy because you saw him at a coffee shop once. And yes. Also, lives, we really like him. Yes, he <laughs> lives in the same town. We really like him uh, as an actor. I've seen him a couple times. He sings the best rendition of "We Need a Little we Christmas." We need a little Christmas yes. that you've ever heard. In okay, your life. another homework assignment. If you well, have but not, this one's in time. Right. Yeah. If you have not heard Patrick Wilson's version of we need a little christmas look it up right now it's our favorite thing it's just the best um and then you've also got sandra O. Oh sandra O oh for this. one one and a half scenes, scenes i yeah. would say pivotal but um and that's pretty much it yeah there's it's a very small cast right it has that real two people in one room thing feels yeah. like a play feels that is like, like one of my biggest play. notes and probably a lot of the reason why I love this movie so, yeah. so much. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, as it says, Haley is a teenage girl and she, we see the the opening, I, I guess it's over the credits. Is it over the credits? The opening of it is like a chat room. Oh, yeah. And she, uh, Haley is talking to Jeff and it's an in, a very inappropriate conversation, I'd right. say. Very flirty, very... Um, you know, what, what would you want to do to me type of thing? Sure. Um, and then they decide to meet up at a coffee shop and they meet up, they go back to Jeff's place 
where he is um, giving her some alcohol, but also she's kind of driving the bus there a little bit. Right. Like she, she's very eager as a teenage girl. Right. You know? And Haley's like 14, 14. And Elliot Page looks really young right. in this movie. It's not like it's, I, it's a thing I will commend the movie for mm-hmm. is that, that, that is that Elliot Page is a child. Here. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? I think, I like, think he was a he child was, when he, yeah, he was like, I think oh. he was 17 or 18 right. when they shot it, but he, I mean, he has always looked very young right. for his exactly. age. Exactly. So he definitely looks 14 right. and, and not just in the way that he is an actor looks, but also in the way that he's dressed in the way that he's acting. Right. Um, right. it's all very, acting. yes, <laughs> picture it. Right. Um, it's all very like as someone who was a teen girl. It's all very recognizable, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, in the age of chat rooms, even right. so, yeah. And then uh, you know, essentially, Jeff passes out, and it turns out Haley has drugged him and is uh, essentially going into chat rooms and and trapping, uh, you know, gross older men right. who are trying to uh, pick up teen girls, um, and specifically him because. She believes that he killed a girl who's been missing for a little while. And, right, right. That gets um, into like a broader thing that's going yeah. on. But, but yeah. yeah, there's that thing initially where it's that switch of like you think she's the prey. Yeah. And it turns out she's not. She's the yeah. She is predator, but not really. The, right. You know, like that's like the a, that's the whole movie. Is is she a predator? Is she just a seeking vengeance? You know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Backing up just a little bit, when you put it in, <laughs> yeah. popping off, there are a bunch of horror previews, which right. was so funny to me because I was watching it and I was like, huh, I never really thought of this as like a horror movie. And then I was like, no, I guess it is a horror movie. Yeah. Is it in our spooky season list? I don't think it is because I don't think of it as a horror movie. Right? I think of it as a thriller. Right. But, but every preview was... Horror films. Yeah, it was a uh, it was Desperation, which is a Stephen King miniseries, mm-hmm. is um, a WWE miniseries. Was it a <laughs> or not miniseries? Sorry, yeah, a movie horror film yeah. called See No Evil, or like or starring a WWE guy. Or yeah, something. I don't know. It was all these t- terrible looking previews. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's. I don't think of it as like a horror movie, and it's. It would be hard to classify it that way because like she's not a villain right and she's in she has the power for so much of the movie mm-hmm. not that i not that horror is classified I, like these classifications don't mean anything and i'm not trying to say like well the rules of horror or whatever that's not what i mean i just mean it doesn't feel like the strangers or something, which is like a home invasion thing, even yeah. though she has in a way invaded this guy's home. But yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. I mean, that's the whole thing with the movie that makes it so fascinating is that, and the Ellie page does such a good job in this movie. And Patrick Wilson also does an amazing job. Yeah. Both of, of them are incredible. Being a yeah. Fucking disgusting slime ball. Yeah. Um, who you hate. And then at moments you're like, he, I mean, he's okay. So he's, Trapped by her, and she tortures him. That's the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, other things happen. There's different kind of set pieces and things like that. But that's the movie. It's like... And, you know, she's right. I mean, not like... At least as far as you know for most of the movie. And that... And, you know, whether or not she 
there's like reveals in the end that go this way and that, like who knows what it ends up as. I don't, I'm saying who knows because I don't want to spoil the very end. I know. But, um, anyway. Well, and there is some ambiguity there about whether or not he, cause the, the driving force behind her trapping this particular guy is that she believes that he killed a girl who's been missing for a while. And there is some ambiguity at the end right. about whether or not he actually did or not. I don't agree with that. Sorry, now we're off on a thing. Mm, interesting. I don't. I think it's very clear what, about whether. Oh, oh, whether or not he killed her. Okay, he. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, as far as you know, she's right. I mean, even whether he's involved in this murder or not, he did try to pick her up, and he he is trying to prey on a child. Yeah, and so she's correct. But then she's torturing him in a way that, like, you don't feel sympathy for him, but you don't... I don't know. It, it plays so effectively with where your loyalties lie and stuff. And Patrick Wilson does such a good job of being, like, kind of... I mean, he's such a slimeball yeah. in the beginning. But you, do, I think you do feel bad for him. I At least watching it this time, there was definitely, for me, a lot of moments of... of feeling feeling bad for him does that mean that i think he didn't necessarily deserve it like no right 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 but right. you feel bad cuz she does a really good job at torturing him right exactly exactly um, in very clever ways um right theatrical ways even yeah, that are yeah. like the, the, there's the one theatrical way where she kind of really tortures him performs surgery on him yeah um and gets real like theatrical with it in a way that i'm like I, that that feels like it's for the audience and not for the the. You know what? I disagree a little bit. I think yeah, because it it because it's a it's a means to one. It's a means to torture him in general. Right. Like I think that she wants him to feel real fear in that moment, and that is her goal. Right. She wants to break this man down. Right. Um, and I also think there's an aspect to it where she's possibly hoping that he will admit to what he's done in mm. the midst of this, mm. this torture. Um, he doesn't, what he ends up doing is telling kind of his origin story. Right. 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 Um, and what was interesting is that apparently they shot a couple of different versions of what that origin story is. And, okay. you know, and by origin story, I mean, it, it's very clearly his explanation for why he, talks to young girls in chat rooms, why he's a predator um, and a pedophile. Um, And it's, it's a really, it's a very interesting monologue, I think. Yeah. Um, Without giving too much away, like basically what they've, what they've gone with is that he, there's something about like, he had a really close relationship with his cousin, his baby cousin who would like, he would, babysit her and give her a bath and she would jump out of the bath and tackle him and it's a prune monster and attack him and tickle him or whatever and uh his mother or his aunt i can't remember which found them doing this one day and put his hands to a stove as a punishment um and it's just like it's a very interesting monologue Right, because like you said, it's him justifying a thing that... Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so this is like, as we said, it's two people in a room. It's 
like if you've seen like Swimming with Sharks, which is a movie that I saw way too young, which is I'm like I haven't seen no, Swimming with Sharks. <laughs> we, well, I don't. I mean, we I think we have it on DVD. So really, we might get to it. But it's that movie is Kevin Spacey. Oh no! As a studio head, who's like a a monster, like a Scott Rudin type monster, not necessarily a Harvey Weinstein type monster, mm-hmm. like a, a, tor- a torturing his assistants kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he gets um, uh, kidnapped and tor- or like tortured in his own home by one of his assistants, essentially. And I think, and but there's another movie that will come up probably, um, Tape, which is like Ethan Hawke and Uma yeah, Thurman. Yeah, I can picture the, and it's, the cover. And it's all in one room. And like, I, you were saying this earlier, and I agree. Like, I fucking love a one room movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Swimming with Sharks doesn't really count because there's a lot of flashbacks. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Could not matter less. Um, but that that thing, this is, this is, and this is such a good kind of display for uh Elliot Page and Patrick Wilson especially because of what I what we've been talking about which I think what I think the nature of this conversation we're having mm-hmm. the reason it's like yeah but oh but is because the movie is ambiguous not necessarily with what happens although mm-hmm. it is kind of ambiguous with what happens a little bit as you pointed out mm-hmm. and hey I'm man enough to admit that you're correct that I was wrong <laughs> okay <laughs> But I appreciate that ambiguous with what you're supposed to feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not easy. Right. Because she's a child. Mm -hmm. He's preying on her. Mm -hmm. Then she becomes a torturer. Right. In a way that isn't right. But then it kind of is in the end. But then it's, I I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's very much like a doubt. Right. Where you just, you, you don't have all of the answers. So you because we are human and we like to put things in neat little boxes your brain is trying to make a decision but this the movie completely like toys with your emotions and and makes you doubt yourself right and it's a little bit yeah and this one lands on mo- less so. a little less so more of doubt. a conclusion yeah. i think no and absolutely but it is like it is very interesting you think I mean, hopefully you hear like, oh, this is a movie about a pedophile who gets tortured by a young girl after you think he's going to attack her. And you, your mind's like, oh, yeah, great. Love that. Right. Yep. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but then you're watching it and, and you know, the, the dialogue and the way it's shot and the performances make you think a little bit more. And yeah, it's right. just very, it's very well done. Um, and it feels like I said, so much like a play. I would love to see this on stage. I think yeah. you could do some really amazing, cool stuff with this. It's a cool idea, right? And just like, can't, like, can't you just can't you just see it? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I just it would be incredible on stage. And next and time special you see effects. Patrick Wilson at the coffee shop, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but, yeah. I, I think um, it also has if you liked. Promising Young Woman. Yes. I don't... It's not the same feel at all. Mm-mm. It's not like... Like, Promising Young Woman is, for lack of a better word, kind of fun. Yes. And, it's like, kind looks of like the, cool. Like Marie and, Antoinette. Right. Yeah. And this... I mean, this actually... It does look very clean, this movie. Yes. I want to talk about that. It, so finish your thought. Yeah. It does look very clean. 
it doesn't look as like grimy and real as I want it to look because it mm-hmm. looks very 2005, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but it does commit. I love Promising a Woman. It does commit a little more to like the revenge part of it. Yeah, the dark, the dark revenge part of it than Promising a Woman, which was like. If I remember correctly, she just kind of like scares people, but she doesn't actually like scare scares men into not preying on women, mm. but doesn't actually do anything to them. Yeah, I think so. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, I'm trying to remember, but um, I feel like there's more to it than that. But yeah, no, but there yeah, is. And I, I'm same. not trying. I'm not trying to say no. anything against that movie. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah, no, like, I know. It's a different. This movie is a little uh, harder, hard candy. Hard candy. Um, but I, you brought up the way it looks. I love the way that this is shot Mm -hmm. in the way that it has been edited. It's super bright. I mean, we're in California. Yeah. So it's super, super bright. It's just this side of overexposed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I think is so brilliant about that is that it's, it, you're immediately with this feeling of there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You can't, that's a great, you know what I mean? And it just, I like, it's this overwhelming, like, Neither one of these people is going to be able to pretend for very long. That's a great point. You know? Yeah. And I just think that's it just looks really, really cool. You're absolutely right. It, lo- it It's very, like, indicative of 2005 in that weird kind of, like, almost grainy but not really kind of hazy. Yeah, like, well, you brought up while we were watching it the choppy effect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of the, when like, things stutter when, effect. Right. When people are running around, it looks choppy. And I was trying to remember what that was, and I, I looked it up. Because it's, I I always remember it from the opening of Saving Private Ryan. That's like where it was kind of. I that's where I feel like it was first uh, brought to the masses or something. I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. You're fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but the first you know twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan are kind of legendary as this as D Day. Yeah. You know, and it's not glorified at all. It's supposed to be gritty and grimy and oh my god, people are dying and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It is great. I. You still love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Anyway, um, <laughs> the effect that we're talking about is a high shutter speed. So, oh. which I know I went to film school. I 20 years ago, I could have told you all of this in great detail. Uh huh. I had to really, this is why I'm a writer and not a cinematographer. I had to <laughs> really, uh, relearn this. And what I think to explain it very, um, poorly. <laughs> Let's say poorly. <laughs> so the shutter is the thing that opens up. Yeah, like, and lets the light know, in, right? The film, film stock comes up into the gate, and then the shutter opens and closes, and then the next piece of film stock, and that happens 24 times per second. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a high shutter speed is the shutter is open for a shorter amount of time, which means there's it gets a uh, like a sharper image mm-hmm. and so the images bleed into each other less okay you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. there's less um they don't blur right into it's each other so like, motion looks choppy yes okay cool I, I like adam if you're listening please text me and tell me if i got that right because <laughs> i feel like i'm not sure um, <laughs> i love that explanation great but, but that's yeah. what that is that's and that's a very mid-2000s thing yeah. of action scenes looking like that and yeah well i was gonna say i feel like again i'm not saying you're wrong it absolutely has a very 2005 feel to it but i do feel like it's used effectively that that 
effect mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. is used effectively in this. It's not the entire time. It's not, you know, it's very like specific to high tension action yeah. moments. Right. So I, th- I think it like, it works really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, go, oh no, no, go no, you go, you go, you were, no, you go, you said, um, and then, but I thought you weren't going to speak and then you started. So I, please go. Oh God. I'm so sorry. Please go. <laughs> I, don't, I, I beg you. I don't like that. <laughs> um, the line of the movie to me is when she's threatening, she's giving him a lot of choices. Oh, you can do this or you can do this. You know, yeah. you can, uh, admit what you did and I'll tell everyone or you cannot and I'll continue torturing you. Like that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he, she says like, well, I, you know, I'll email everyone about what you did. And he says, that'll ruin my life, my career, whatever. Uh-huh. And she says, didn't Roman Polanski just win an Oscar? Yeah. And Ooh. that is like, Ooh. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. even in 2021, that's, yeah, that especially in 2021. Right. That is like such a great line and such a, it's simultaneously so hyper-specific to the exact moment that this was made <laughs> and also timeless. Still relevant. <laughs> right, exactly. Somehow exactly. still fucking relevant. Exactly. And, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but we talked about this before with Doubt and some other movies about cancel culture or whatever. Mm. And it's that that line to me is like oh this has been going on forever this debate that everyone thinks is new is the same debate that was going on 15 years ago it's the same debate that was going on whatever mm-hmm. and i lo- really love this is such a uh, tangent and i'm sorry but make i'll keep it, it brief make it happen <laughs> you're <laughs> you like stop apologizing <laughs> but i've been reading and listening to these rick perlstein books which are uh nixon land and the invisible bridge and reagan land which are just about like they're just these comprehensive histories of Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter and Reagan and what life under Reagan in America. Mm. And the thing that keeps hitting me, like the, like these books are so huge and comprehensive and they're just like, like really well written, but, but event after event after event, you know what I mean? Like almost like a list of things sometimes that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that keeps jumping out at me is that like, Oh, none of this is new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every every fight about critical race theory, every fight about, hey, they can't teach beloved in schools or whatever the fucking latest thing is, mm-hmm. is the same exact shit that was happening 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years. Like, yeah. it's crazy to me. And that line really brought that home for me again. Yeah. It's just that it's it wasn't called cancel culture 15 years ago. Right. It wasn't called critical race theory 15 years ago, but we just happened to be in the moment where that's the brand Mm -hmm. of the thing that they scare the white people with. Yeah. And that is just fucking crazy to me. Thank you for allowing me that tangent. (laughs) You're welcome. Great. You're welcome. It was a joy. Um, Uh, the last thing that that I want to talk about with hard candy is the, uh, the poster Mm, this is it's a great poster. This is this movie is I don't think super well known. Um it's it feels like another one of those movies that like 
only the two of us saw. I'm sure other people saw it. We but talked you about know this with saying. the good girl, where yeah. we were like, "Oh, the good girl, the American classic that everyone loves." <laughs> exactly. Like, and people are like, "What is? What that? are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, this feels like the same level as the good girl. And so for me, the poster is iconic. Yeah. Um, and and essentially, what it is is it's it's Elliot Page who is wearing a red hoodie the yeah. entire film. Now, here's a, a slight tangent. Some interesting uh, IMDb trivia is that one, apparently the hoodie was actually orange and it was, and because of all of the editing, it looks red, but Elliot insists that it was orange. So okay. that's interesting. Right, I'll and give him that. Two, <laughs> they also insist that it's not a nod to Little Red Riding Hood. Okay. Um, which well, I think is silly, uh, but fine. Uh, sure. But the poster is, is Elliot as Haley. I, maybe it's not him. I don't know. But... It's Haley in the red hoodie and the outfit that she wears in the movie and standing in a giant uh, bear trap, like yeah. those bear right. things. Um, and it's just, it's very cool. It's against a white background. It's one of those things where you, it takes a minute to realize what Haley is standing in. Right. It's I, I love it. It's great iconic. Poster. It's a great poster. Great poster. Um. There's a long section of this movie mm-hmm. that Patrick Wilson, ha- and I think the monologue you talked about happens here too, has to deliver while he is tied up in a very uncomfortable looking position. Yeah. And you pointed out, and I don't know if it's makeup, I don't know if, if it's real, I hope it's makeup. It's real. Okay. You pointed out that his hands are like dark purple. Yeah. Towards, you know, as it goes further and further along. So he's, the position he's in, he's lying on a table on his back. His hands are above his head. Wrists are tied apart from one another, but individually tied to the legs of the table above his head. And But then his knees are, are on the edge of the table. So his feet are dangling over the edge of the table and his ankles are tied to the yeah. legs down there. So he's kind of in a, in a drawn and quartered position it looks like it sucks so uncomfortable <laughs> and according to the trivia again that was that was not makeup or effects his it, they were there was a whole section of shooting where they were too tight and his hands turned purple apparently there was a moment where he like during all of that where he actually passed out yeah um which i think i think what they were saying was more about the the kind of physical physicality of the acting of it got so intense that right. he passed out for a second. Right. Um, but yeah, his hands are blue. Yeah. Well, he, uh, does, a, I'm just pointing out that like, he has to do so much of the movie in that position mm-hmm. and he does a great job. Patrick Wilson. So underrated, I think as an actor, Absolutely. as an actor, Patrick Wilson is to me so underrated. Yeah. Absolutely. As an actor. Absolutely. I really, I just think he can. He's one of those guys who can do it all. As we've discussed, we need a little Christmas, a banger. Right. Well, he's a Broadway guy. He's a Broadway guy. He played Curly. He played Curly. Is that Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. Not in like. Oh, three... what a beautiful morning. We're gonna get sued. We don't have the rights to that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, and you know, little children, but then also all you know, he's got those Conjuring movies, like yeah. He's the Aquaman movies. (laughs) Um, But I just, I'm a huge, he reminds me a lot, a lot in career wise and just kind of 
all American, boring white guy <laughs> skill kind of thing uh-huh. of James Marsden, who we'll talk about in the next yes. movie. It's the same exact That's thing. That's true. Um, in fact, Patrick Wilson totally could have played that part in Enchanted. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd be shocked if he didn't like wasn't in talks at some point. Right. What um, we're saying is that this is now a Patrick Wilson appreciation podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Wils cast. That's a bad name. We're working on it. Um, great. I'm trying to think if I have anything else on hard candy. Do you remember seeing this for the first time? I don't. I think we saw it when we lived in LA. I think so too. I mean, we must have. <laughs> I well, think so too. Well, because I was like, sorry, I, I glanced out of my like notes in the middle of my thought. Iambic pentameter. <laughs> I think so too, because <laughs> it came out in 2005. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also, we haven't mentioned, it's directed by David Slade, who mm-hmm. is, this was the first thing I ever saw from him. Um, but he also did. He's, you know, he, he did uh, Twilight Eclipse and 30 Days of Night, so some vampire movies after this. Twilight Eclipse, maybe my favorite Twilight. There you go. I think he's really good. He also did one of my, he did Bandersnatch. Okay. Which was good. Yeah. He also did one of my favorite Black Mirrors, which is um, Metalhead, which is the robot dog one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think he's, I think he's great. He's great. Thanks, David Slade. Yeah. Great. Cool. Is it available? You can watch it on Amazon Prime right now if you want. Oh, my God. Hard We've just told you the entire plot. No, we haven't. <laughs> but we were check, very careful not to do that. Yeah, fact. but check it out on Amazon Prime. No, seriously. Can't recommend it enough. It's really, really good. It yeah. is, you know, it's not like a fun watch necessarily, but it's really, really good. Yeah. Just like you know, killer acting. Yeah. I don't... It's weird. We're talking about it, and I haven't said, like, I like this movie. You know <laughs> I, what I, mean? I said it immediately. <laughs> right. Because even this time, I was like, I don't I don't know. Well, I think, but that's the thing about it, is that I think it, it, because of the subject matter, and because of the way it toys with your brain's ability to be like, this one is bad, right. and this one your is empathy, good. empathy, yeah. Right. It makes it difficult to make a call on this film, but yeah. I think it is really, really good. Yeah. As a film. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot Page is great. Yes. As always, he's great. Yeah. Patrick Wilson, he's great. Sandra O. Oh, always great. Always great. We love to see her. Also, very quickly, when I was looking up the trivia for this, I, I went to the IMDb page and I was very excited to see that um, all over IMDb, it's it says Elliot Page. And oh, I yeah. just think... They're not like they're not using his dead name, and I was just like, oh, for some reason that was just like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much that we're not doing a weird thing. We're like, well, this was two thousand five, and yeah, you know. Anyway, totally. I saw that was very cool. That is cool. <laughs> Great. Hey. Hi. Question for you. Let's hear it. What's the connection? I didn't even need to research this one. I came up with it in my brain. In your brain. In my brain. So, Elliot Page and the aforementioned James Marsden yes. were in, are both X-Men. They are. They're both in X-Men The Last Stand. James Marsden is Cyclops. Elliot Page is Kitty Pride. Love it. Shadowcat. Shadowcat. Perfect. So Love it. That, and, and the connection is that Patrick Wilson and James Marsden are the same dude. <laughs> so, not in looks necessarily, <laughs> but in like 
uh, uh, mean in in career vibe. vibe. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> milieu? No, that's not right. Oeuvre? Nope. Nope. Oeuvre? Nope. Great. Our next movie is <laughs> Enchanted from 2007, directed by Kevin Lima. IMDb summary is a young maiden in a land called Andalasia who is prepared to be wed is sent away to New York City by an evil queen where she falls in love with a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> all technically true does not at all tell you what this movie is. Not even a little bit. Uh, that's very funny. Yeah. Where she goes to a lawyer. <laughs> that's not like at all what it is. Yeah. Um, this is a Disney movie. It is a riff on Disney movies, a meta riff on Disney movies yeah. as a whole. It is. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> it is. Um, the movie starts with a beautifully animated Disney princess prologue. Beautifully animated, not by the Disney Studios animators. Well, the D- Disney Studios animators by that time weren't doing 2D animation, right? Yeah, which is why they didn't animate Who it. did it? Oh, I didn't write it down. You're like, George. <laughs> like, why am I asking you that? I don't know. <laughs> Who did it? Uh, uh, who cares? No, yeah. No, <laughs> that was one of the trivia things, and I was just like, huh. Well, that's a thing, not to get immediately derailed, but that is a thing watching it, <laughs> watching that opening. Yeah. I was like, man, and we talked about this when we talked about Atlantis the Lost Empire. We did. Man, I wish Disney had kept doing 2D animation. Yeah. Because this looks great. It looks great. It does. It really it's, it's very, truly beautiful. Yeah, well and 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 it's very clearly purposeful and and uh I'm glad that they did it this way because because of all of the callbacks to previous Disney princesses, it Puts you right there. It even has the zoom in. Remember when on the original Disney princess movies, it was a zoom in on a fairy tale book mm-hmm. in the beginning. And they don't do that anymore. But that is how this one starts. Yep. Um, and it's all very like that that stereotypical princess in a tower. She's singing to all of her animal friends. Yeah. And then there's like cheeky jokes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's uh, Amy Adams is our Giselle, who's right. the princess. Right. So she. So it starts with this prologue, this animated prologue. She's in a Andalasia, this kingdom. She's seeking a prince. There's an evil queen who wants her dead. All this stuff. She falls in love with the prince. The evil queen pushes her into a fountain that is a bottomless pit thing. And it's a portal. Yeah, portal is a word. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting word for it. In that it's correct. Um, and then she winds up in live action New York City. She's no longer animated. She's Amy Adams. Amy Adams. You guys have like seen Enchanted. Amy, Amy Adams. I know. This is essentially, we said it's a Patrick Wilson podcast. It's essentially an Amy Adams podcast. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can, Junebug, Doubt, many others. Was she in, I don't know, Corpse Bride? Probably. Who's to say? Was she in Brigadoon from 1954? I'm sure. She was in Brigadoon in college. Okay, well... Fun fact about Amy Adams. Great. Um, <laughs> but, so then it's live action. And I mean, if the movie this most reminded me of this time, and I mm-hmm. can't believe I... Okay, I'm going to say something. Oh, I can't wait. And it's going to be a little bit of willful obtuseness here. Oh no, it's my hideous thing. I know. But when I say this to you, please know that I know the answer to this, and that I 
I understand what I'm saying. Are you just telling me not to yell at you? No, no, no. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean that, like, I'm not actually saying this, but I'm kind of saying this. Got it. It's fascinating to me uh-huh. that you don't like Elf, but you like this movie because they are the exact same fucking movie. <laughs> exactly. Now, I know that just they're different in ways. And, like, Amy Adams is different from Will Ferrell. And they're not the same movie. I'm not actually saying that when I say that. Yeah. But watching it this time, I was like, this is the same fucking thing. (laughs) Exactly. Beat for beat. And not, like, again, I don't mean that in a – I don't even mean that in a pejorative way. I don't mean they ripped off – hey, they ripped off my favorite movie, Elf, guys. Mm -hmm. That's not what I mean. Mm -hmm. I just mean, like – because so many movies are the same as other movies. Yeah. That's my whole – that's, like, what my whole brain is. It's like, this movie's like this movie. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, they are so similar. Uh, I guess. (laughs) But, like – I, and I think it's a compliment to this movie because she's she's so funny in the same way that Will Ferrell is so funny in that movie. Yeah. Of just childlike, I'm in New York City. But I, I'm a Disney princess. But I'm a North Pole elf or I'm a Disney princess. And yeah. I'm wide-eyed and I look at everything as beautiful. Yeah. And I have this childlike innocence. And that is so fun to watch when there's like an actor who can handle the comedy of that and Amy Adams is so good at oh this. Oh my god, the way she commits is yes. incredible. That's exactly what it is is commitment. It's just it's beautiful to watch, honestly. Yeah. So then anyway, to finish up the plot part of this, the she's in New York City, she gets kind of taken in by this stuffy business businessman and he loves business. I believe he's a lawyer. <laughs> he's a lawyer. Oh yeah. Uh, and his, he has a dead wife and a, <laughs> and pl- a plucky daughter. young daughter and his, uh, Dina Manzella is his girlfriend. And, <laughs> um, and, but they've, they you know, their life is very rigid, but then Amy Adams is a, breath of vitality into their stuffed shirt lifestyle and she teaches them to love again and also uh falls in love with the guy he falls in love with her then she's followed there to new york city mm-hmm. by uh james marsden who's her prince charming her prince who's perfectly cast yes. and perfectly uh acted by him yeah well <laughs> he's perfectly same, acted by him well it's the same <laughs> thing it's the commitment of just yeah. like it just insane. insane. Like he just like Absolutely. oh my god. Even the way he affects his voice a little bit. Yeah. Of just like Giselle. Right. And it's just like so perfect. It's that thing that Chris Pine does in the Into the Woods <gasps> oh movie. Oh my god. That is so funny. Brilliant. Um but and then also followed by Timothy Spall, who is the uh Toady yeah. for the evil queen. Played by played by Susan, Susan Sarandon, Sarandon. And she's trying to get Giselle and have her eat a poisoned apple and all this hilarity ensues. It's crazy. That's the movie. It's a fun adventure. It's also a musical. It is a musical, which I love. It's a musical and it's like, it's got some really great songs in it. The songs are good, man. The songs are so good. The songs are really good. And, and, even the ones that are underrated, because that, that's how you know is the big song from this, that yeah. people are like, oh, that's the, the song. That's the big Central Park dance yeah. took, extravaganza, Took right? apparently two weeks to shoot that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but personally, I think my favorite song from this 
movie is Happy Working Song. Yeah, that's a really good sequence. It's so good because it's like it's she wakes up. She's she slept in this guy's apartment. She wakes up, looks around and everything's messy. And she says, this won't do. And she leans out the window and calls out the the song that brings all of her animal friends running. Except we're in New York City. So it's rats and cockroaches and flies and pigeons. Yeah. And they all come in and they're cleaning up. And it's just this like... It's great. It's a great it is song. It's really good. It's very well done. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, this it's just very good and and all of the nods are great. You've got cameos by the women who played Ariel, Pocahontas and Belle, mm-hmm. um, which is a cute little easter egg for super Disney nerds. Um, there's a lot of uh, songs that sound like other songs slash are just the other songs like there's a point where the prince is watching tv in a hotel room and and it's just playing uh uh beauty and the beast thank you (laughs) i was like beauty and the beast when she's looking in the fish tank they're playing part of your world right um and and then also like you've got the in the villain you've got this maleficent evil queen evil stepmother Lady Tremaine combination yeah, um, where she's giving her a poison apple as an old lady, but also turns into a dragon. Like it's all very like, remember those things that you like? Here they are. Here they are. Here Um, they are. in Elf. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Or it's like Elf, it's big, it's 13 going on 30. Like it's so many of those things that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, all in one thing. and But all of that hinges mm-hmm. on... Do you have a Will Ferrell or a Tom Hanks or some or a Jennifer Garner even to yeah. not to slag Jennifer Garner she's great wow um, <laughs> to uh, pin all this on and like Amy Adams is so fucking good she's so good she's so perfect <laughs> like I said it's the commitment to the bit yeah and also just her face <laughs> I mean I don't know she's she like her eyes yes. she's just she's like oh. Just as wide, wide as, as, as they I can physically be. can. Like, yeah. her face must have been sore sore at the end of the day. Exactly. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And, you know, there like there's the one moment where that you, we both laughed at. Yeah. Where um, I can't even remember who's talking to her, but someone mentions a proposal. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, I was going to propose or I'm planning a proposal. Yeah. And she just goes like, like, she just flips out. Yeah. Like, <gasps> Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was like, I can't do this. You have to do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, and it is so good. Yeah. It's so funny. I will say. Yes. Well, first of all, okay, a weird thing happened where, so I don't know if I've talked about this before. Mm. Uh, d- deep, dark secret time. Yeah, revealing no. things on the podcast. But before Letterboxd was in my life, mm-hmm. my thing was I would see a movie and for myself, not for like for my own records, I would rate it on IMDb. Yeah, I know. You know, and it, like so for so that's why so like thousands of movies like over the course of over a decade. Yeah, of just like rating every movie I saw, and this is not that interesting, but I did notice a trend where when I was younger, uh, thing I was like there were a lot more movies that were in the, that were like, get, would get one star mm. or two stars. Yeah. And now it feels like as I'm older, like everything's a seven. Like every <laughs> movie is a seven. Every, everything's like, yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. And 
I watched this and I was like, yeah, seven. That's how I would. That's how I would rate this. It was like, <laughs> se- like this was a solid seven. Great. And I looked at what I had rated it on IMDb when we first saw it. I gave it a one. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, going into it, I was like, oh, he doesn't like this movie. Right. <laughs> but damn. Here we, but here we are. But here we are. So I guess it's. I want to apologize. You, you should for being a pretentious douchebag. <laughs> For many years, <laughs> it's okay. It's I don't good. really know what. Okay, I didn't. I, I will say, after the big Central Park number, mm-hmm. I definitely start to fade out. Yeah, like for the whole sure. sequence with the Italian restaurant, and then Susan Sarandon actually shows up physically. Bella Notte, which is from Bella Notte, which is from We know, we know, we know, we get it. <laughs> We get it. Disney, Disney, Disney. <laughs> um, and then Susan Sarandon shows up and then there's true love's kiss and there's all this stuff. And I remember, I remember watching it this time and watching it the first time when she turns into a dragon. I was uh-huh. like, Oh, she's a dragon now because I thought it was over. And now she's a dragon. She's a dra- we got to defeat this dragon. Now? Right. Uh, like I wrote down dragon. <laughs> um, and it does feel like it's twenty minutes too long. Or yeah, something, I, like, for I what agree. It is. They they kind of lose the the flow of it once you get into the part where where they have to realize that they're in love with one another, and he has to save her, and then she has to save him. And right. It, it it gets a little like, like okay. Oh, okay, all right, let's go. It's, like let's less go. fun, less, less fun. fun, less yeah. fun. Exactly. But um, that's not that's not a huge criticism. It's just like you know. Yeah. Very, yeah, no, and one more negative, I guess, uh, is uh, much like many Disney movies, uh, there we're in New York City, and there are so few black people. Yeah, which that's is true. Hysterical, and they take it a step further in this one scene. Yeah, and it's just like Lord, so. So he's a lawyer, Patrick Dempsey. Have we said that that's who plays this guy? Who cares? <laughs> I don't mean to insult him, but who cares? Honestly. He really is kind of an afterthought. He yeah. could be played by anyone. He, Not that he doesn't put in a lovely performance. He does a fine it's just, job. Yeah. It's a thankless role. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so he's a lawyer. He's a divorce lawyer. And we Get start- it? <laughs> I was like. No, but I, <laughs> I mean, just like you're saying. true love. Um, and we start off, and it's this couple uh, who are black, and they're arguing in this. It's this. It's very clearly like a very tough, rough divorce. They're fighting over a baseball card. It's a whole thing. And then he comes across Giselle. She spends the night. He has another meeting with these people. He brings her into work and says to his secretary. I need you to find, figure out where she needs to go and like get her out of here. Like figure out where Andalasia is. I've never heard of it, whatever. Um, and then he comes out of this meeting and she's still there and she's like spinning and looking at the ceiling and, uh, she starts talking. Yeah. She starts, Giselle starts talking to the woman who's trying to get divorced and she starts, she walks up to her wide eyed and says, says your hair is lovely. And then touches her hair. Right. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. You did the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Uh, in case you're confused, you shouldn't touch other people's hair, regardless of their race. But it is a thing black <laughs> but women also, a lot, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so that was very like, oh, yeah. Um, and no, but, there's love Amy Adams. There's no one whiter. No, there truly <laughs> isn't. And so, you know, this white lady <laughs> going up to a black lady and saying, I love your hair and touching it. Yeah. Just, it's not, a, it's not what we do in 2021. Yeah. It's not great. Um, but also not surprising because because Disney Disney especially in two thousand seven so you know they're making changes and whatever it's fine, but uh, but yeah that was very like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean she's supposed to, uh, I don't know why I'm never mind I'm not laundering this for her yeah no. <laughs> I'm not defending this yeah um uh it does have the moment I mentioned this in our Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade episode mm-hmm. that I love yeah when someone says. Don't worry, the end of the movie is soon. <laughs> because when, when? I think it's Susan Sarandon who says, we're coming to the end now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love Guys, everything's cool. Yeah. Just like five to ten more minutes. And just give us, it will wrap it up for you and you can get yeah. out of here. Love that's, that. That's another thing. So Susan Sarandon plays this evil queen, yeah. Lady Tremaine, Maleficent combination, the villain. Uh... I can't tell if I'm colored by the fact that she seems like a terrible human um, or if her performance is, is truly just like subpar because because I think about the opportunity to play a Disney villain as yourself and not just voicing it. And, oh, that would be crazy insane, right? Yeah. And I just feel like she's almost phoning it in. I don't know if it's that or if they didn't give her enough to do. She should have had a song. Or, yeah. Like, there's just something very, like, like, she's not, because the thing with Disney villains is that, is that they're, like, omnipresent in, especially Golden Age Disney. Like, you know, it's like, these are the villains, you know? Right. I mean, she, so. And she's just kind of lame. In the movie, she, and this feels like. This feels like a dodge of some kind. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they were working around Susan Sarandon or working around something else. But she doesn't become live action until the last, until the climax. Yeah. She's animated for the rest of it. She's showing up in like water things. And Timothy Spall is the, is the, like, like lackey. the lackey who's trying to, who's like hunting Giselle through New York. Yeah. It feels like. He's LeFou. Yeah. It feels like they should have had her do that. And her being in New York and a Disney villain in New York. Right. Like there's it, something about the fact that she would fit in. Right. Exactly. She would she would be right at home at, in the West Village or right. the Lower like East Side would, right. or something. Like she would or, say all of these outlandish right. things, but everyone would be like, yeah. Right. And she's she's her her outfit is so camp. Right. That, oh, she gets dragged into this drag show. And yeah. she's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all that stuff. There's so much fun to be had there. Yeah. But she doesn't show up till the climax just to turn into a dragon and get defeated. Right. I don't think it's, I mean, unless like they were like, oh, Susan Sarandon, we, we can't work with her or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it's her fault. I think it's the fault of the structure of the movie. Mm. They give so much to Timothy Spall, who's lovely. But, like, he's not, you know, it's not really. And she should have had a song. Yeah, she should have had a song, for sure. Definitely. For sure. It even has the same revolving door bit it as does. Elf. It truly does. Uh, it's this, it's this. I mean, no vomit, though, so maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> this is just Elf for girls. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. What did you rate Elf the first time? Ten. Ten, bro. <laughs> 
I hate this character. <laughs> bro who loves Elf. <laughs> yeah. I find it charming, bro. <laughs> I think James Caan does a great job. You gotta stop. Bro. You gotta stop. Okay. Oh, I like man. the practical effects in the first act, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Could have gone full CGI. I didn't. All right. Um, <laughs> um, also, y'all. Oh, yeah. We got bloops. We got a blooper reel, baby. Bloop time. <laughs> They're not amazing. They're cute. They're, everyone had a fun time on set bloopers. Yeah. Not, uh, here's everyone fucking up in the most hilarious ways possible bloopers. Yeah, exactly. And it's also very, it's, I once appreciate how, like, edited it is. Edited it is. And how packaged it is and also that means it's like two and a half minutes of a nice time yeah everyone just laughing yeah oh and very quick uh note about adina menzel in this movie yeah so she's in she's in this movie she plays the girlfriend Mm -hmm. of the lawyer um she's kind of nothing unfortunately Mm -hmm. she's not given a ton to do except be kind of this like uh obstacle in the way of him falling in love with giselle um she doesn't sing she doesn't sing. Uh, which is funny because she's been nominated at least twice and won one Tony. Uh, Famously, a singer. A singer. Um, but, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, because uh, Giselle has fallen in love with Lawyer, she goes back to Andalasia with the prince and marries the prince. So she is a Disney princess at the end of this movie. So Adina Menzel is a Disney princess twice over. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Love that for her. Right? Also, she's not. That's it's the um, classic thing of oh, I should be with this guy, but he already has a girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's not a monster. She's yeah. just a lady. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, she, which I, it's I like always a very like. That chill. Yeah. When the the other or the, sorry, the, I guess Amy Adams is the other woman. Yeah. The person that the love interest is already with isn't a monster. It's not parent trap or something yeah it's not like a monster it's very like yeah she's very you know when when they all realize that uh true love's kiss needs to come from lawyer dude uh she has a line that feels shoehorned in but is a good like picture of the essence where she's like it's okay yeah like do it you know um and that's nice isn't that nice it's a nice hey everything's a seven baby Everything's a seven. You get to be you get to be closer to forty. Oh, everything's a seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, who knew we'd have so much to say about Enchanted? Um, is it available? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. It's baby. a Disney movie. It is. Although you brought up a very interesting thing. Did I? Which is so. This is a big Disney movie about a Disney princess. Mm, yeah. And you would think. That in all the Disney princess marketing and material and merchandise and all this stuff, mm-hmm. let's throw Giselle in there. She's a Disney princess. But she cannot be a Disney princess in that same way, in the official Disney princess way. Yeah. Because she her likeness is based on a real human. Right. Which so is Disney not would true. have to pay her in perpetuity. Right. Not true <laughs> of Tiana and Jasmine and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and all these people. Right. So... Disney's just like, nope. Nope. Exactly. Like, it's all, it's so, it's so, like, gross money bullshit. Cause it's like, it's not like it couldn't afford to just pay her for right. her likeness or work out some deal. Right. But they're just like, eh, no. Yeah. Nah, bro. Yeah. Nah, bro. 
Um, great. Um, how we feeling? I don't feel strongly either way. Interesting. Um, I like both of these movies fine. Yeah. I think if you gun to my head. Yeah. Podcast to my head. Podcast to your head. Uh, I would keep hard candy of the two. I think I agree. I feel very, very much the same way. But like, I like Enchanted. Our kids like Enchanted too. That's the thing. They do, but we have Disney Plus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And like Enchanted is a good one we could give away to some needy pauper <laughs> who wants a DVD of Enchanted. Who's like, what the fuck's a DVD? I have Disney Plus. What am I going to do with this? Um, no, but if we could, you know, donate it to the library or something like that. And, yeah. Um, hard candy, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. this one. No, and, and, you know, in the grand scheme of, of collection, you know, calling a, a complete collection, it is more likely that Enchanted is going to remain available That's true. than hard candy. Especially because there's a sequel coming out soon. Yes, there's a sequel coming out called Disenchanted. Disenchanted. Ooh, oh, fuck. Look out. <laughs> look out. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay. Great. Enchanted, thank you so much. You've brought us endless joy. Also, you alerted me to the existence of the Lestat musical, which I didn't know about before Enchanted, <laughs> because it has one of those sequences that take place in Times Square. Yeah. There are many sequences that take place in Times Square, so you're always like just looking at looking what Looking at what all the posters yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a big scene that takes place in front of the poster for Lestat the musical. Yeah. Oh also... Uh, uh, James Marsden on top of a bus in front of a hairspray poster. That's right, and he's in the movie. Ironic, because he's in the movie. As Corny, Corny Collins. Collins. Right, Corny Collins, the character we all know and love. Yes. Great. Awesome. All right, so we're going to get rid of Enchanted. We're getting rid of Enchanted. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Um, great. Shall we pick this next match up? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey Siri, mm-hmm. pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 982. 982. <sighs> From 2005. Uh-huh. Rent. <laughs> the pain on your face. <laughs> wow. Speaking of Adina Menzel. Speaking of Adina Menzel. I can't wait to see her again. She does sing in this one. Yeah. Oh, does she? <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that in a long time. Great. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good to watch it again. Yeah. Well, because Tick, Tick, Boom is coming out. Yeah, exactly. Gotta watch the movie before we watch the prequel. Right. Great. I love that. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 449. 449 is... From 2011, Friends with Benefits. Oh, that's the Timberlake. Yeah. Timberlake Kunis. As opposed to No Strings Attached. Which is Portland Kutcher. Kutcher. Kunis and Kutcher are together. They were together. Okay. I don't know if they still are. Okay. Fascinating. This is great. It Um, is great. It is great. People love this. 
No strings. No, friends with benefits, not no strings attached. <laughs> I'm already confused. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. That's a fun movie. I remember yeah. that being a super fun movie. I don't remember it. Okay. It's a seven, baby. It's a seven. <laughs> it's a seven for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's an interesting. That's a... Okay. <laughs> right. This is why we have the podcast. To watch movies like this. Yeah. And then discuss them. That'll be... That'll be interesting. It will be interesting. I'm going to say right now... Yeah. I'm going to work hard to accept rent on its terms and to come to it with an open heart and an open mind. Yeah, because you hate rent. No. (laughs) I don't. I don't have hate in my heart for any movie. Well, that's not true at all. Okay. (laughs) I, I, everything's a seven to me, baby. Everything's a seven. We'll see. We'll see. Um, y'all... Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you still have Halloween candy left and are still enjoying that. I love that. You know what I mean? Great. Listen. <laughs> Come back next week and see you survive. DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch. What else? I, there's a, there, I've seen a lot of nostalgia for a Disney, like a Disney Channel movie called Halloween Town that I've never seen. Yeah, I feel like that was like a little bit younger than us. Yeah, we're like obsessed with Halloween Town. Right. I've never seen it. It's like in the era of like even Stevens and stuff. Yeah, that we were like. It's like we could have watched it, but we didn't. We definitely didn't. Is this good content? <laughs> hey, if they're here, suddenly, they're loving it. Suddenly doubting. All of my life's choices. Well, you get to cut it out if you don't like it. <laughs> Are there any other 